0: aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford, Jr. Here now are Michael and Don.
1: And I am Don Crawford, Jr., the co-host and very grateful owner of KWAM Radio, welcoming you to another estate planning essentials program, assertively striving to protect your family, your assets, and always you. And I say good day to you, Michael Cohen. How are you, sir? Doing well, Don. Good day to you as well. Yeah, thank you very much. It's February. We're getting ready for the spring. Spring doesn't spring until I don't even know when spring springs. When does spring spring? Is that daylight savings time? When is that? Spring starts on the third week of March. Third week of March. we got another month or so to go. Anyway, at least it's warm and windy. Out today, it sure beats 10 degrees like it was a, a week or two ago. And uh, Stay home, stay warm, stay safe no matter what the weather is and, and continue to listen to KWM and this wonderful program, Estate Planning Essentials, that Mike and I have been doing for five, six seven years now, and another reason to stay and listen today is because we're going to talk about trusts and different situations where you would want things to go into a trust versus keeping them the way they are. Michael is going to elaborate on that for the next 25 minutes. Michael?
2: Yeah, I was actually thinking whether, it, whether you have a will or a trust, you can have a trust within the will, but that would be called a testamentary trust,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or a trust within a trust. And so the question I thought that what a lot of people might want to know about, should I just give something outright to my, whoever my beneficiaries are, or when should I have it go into a trust for them? So in other words, even if you have a will, you could have a contingent trust. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, uh, this morning I was getting some, I got an email from a client, and they said, well, all my beneficiaries are adults. I trust them all. And so I don't mind if they if the funds go to them outright. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not, that's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that's fine. So in your will, or if you're ever trust that after you die, it goes to those people outright, uh, and that's not a problem. That's probably what most people have. Um, but there's a lot of situations, especially on contingent situations, that you may want the assets to go to them in a some sort of trust. There's different types of trust, and it just depends on the factual situation. Uh, because if you're concerned about protection from various things, the most common thing is, let's say you have a child, uh, you got a minor. And if a minor gets money, how they don't, they're presumed that they can't handle things. And so let's say you had a will, and it said, all to my children, and your children were under age 18. How could they handle it? Well, the courts would hold the funds. Uh, you know, you could they you couldn't they couldn't handle the funds because the the child because they're a minor. Right. And so usually you have a trust for the minor that says if somebody is a minor, let's say that it's held in trust until maybe the age of majority or you could have various other ages as we'll discuss in just a second. So uh, and so a lot of times even if the let's say we have uh, a potential grandchild as a minor uh, so for example, let's say we said all to my kids uh, and but if they, my kid dies the share that they would have otherwise had goes to their children. So, a lot of times, unfortunately, as longer we live, that a lot of times the child dies before a parent. Um, You know, my wife's grandmother, Grandma Gussie, as we say, is her name, uh, or was her name. Unfortunately, uh, she died uh, at 107.5. Yes, she died prematurely. Uh, So, when she died, though, two of her three children predeceased her, and one of her grandchildren had even predeceased her. So if you had said in the will or trust all to child and then, in this case, even grandchild, if the grandchild, if it went down that line, it could have been that would have been great grandchild. And if the great grandchild was a minor, uh, they couldn't handle the funds. So you would have a contingent trust within your will or a contingent trust within your trust. that says if somebody is a minor, that it's held in trust until, let's say, whatever age you say. Uh, Now, that gets into the second situation. Even if somebody's not a minor, let's say that uh, they may be, um, uh, you know, in college or whatever, and you want to have some incentives, and uh, you want it to be held until they're a little bit older. Typically, a lot of times people say that, uh, oh, let's hold assets in trust until they're 25 or maybe 30 uh, for their health, education, maintenance, and support, Um, and so... Uh, you know, even though they're age of majority, that doesn't mean they're mature. They might not spend the money in a way that is a little bit uh, not the way you would think, because a lot of times a 20 year old might spend the money who knows in what ways. I'm sure there's a lot of responsible 20 year olds out there <laughs> not trying to discriminate against you. Disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. The opinions
1: expressed.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah right. This is old, this is not the views of KWA. Right. Uh, <laughs> maybe they are. Uh, oh Lord. Okay. Yeah, well maybe. Yeah. Well maybe we'll have to see. Uh, but any event, the so a lot of times, sometimes people say, well, uh, I'll, they'll get it at age twenty five, or it could be that they say, well, I'll give one third at twenty five, one third at thirty, and the remainder at thirty mm-hmm. five, until they give a little bit chance to mature more. So it's up to the to the whoever the one that's signing the will or the trust, to say when that person gets it and uh, and what maybe what they get as well. Right. Now, just because somebody's 30 or 35, there's no magic language that says that you have to be something when you're just younger. It could be that you just have somebody who'll never mature. <laughs> you could have a trust for life. You know. You said I remember we had somebody that was, um, uh, you know, okay, we'll have a trust. Um, until you're 60, or I have one right now um, that said, oh, well, there's you can have a trust for life. It doesn't really matter. We have one right now that said, oh, okay, we're gonna have, a, uh, you know, you're just gonna be entrusted and tells the terms of the trust and how they could get funds and things like that. And, you know, we talked about on prior shows, there's different incentives you could have. Like uh, it could be educational incentives. It could be financial incentives. It could be to do certain things. Uh, so we've talked about, oh, you could get $1 for each dollar you earn. Or you could be um, it could be, oh, gee, if you have a certain amount of degrees uh, or you've made a certain amount of financial success, then you get your money quicker. Um, I have one right now that they have it in trust until the – person is age 50, uh, they said that they're going to get a certain amount um, each year, a certain percentage, uh, but it could be decreased under certain situations, and then at age 50, we'll leave it up to the trustee at the trustee's discretion to see if that child has um, exercised good stewardship, (laughs) and uh, we'll see, yeah, and then we're going to see if not, it We'll leave it up to the trustee to determine whether they get this certain percentage or if it goes down or or what the story might be. So it doesn't have to be uh, just for persons who are young. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, various situations, it could be that somebody is a spendthrift. Do they just get the money and spend it as soon as they can? could be that they have some sort of other troubles and so it doesn't – you don't have to be under 25 to be immature. And, and you know, so like sometimes there's – you know, if you have somebody, let's say, uh, that had some sort of addiction, a drug addiction, a gambling addiction, obviously on that type of person, you wouldn't give it to them outright. Uh, they just – as soon as they get the money, they'd be going on drugs or whatever their addiction might be. So mm-hmm. uh, you always – have a contingent trust, mm-hmm. or just about always you would think, if somebody had some sort of addiction issue, and so you have to ask the question. So if, in other words, if you get something out right, what can you do with it? Anything you want. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want that person to spend all that you've tried to do to uh, accumulate whatever it is upon your passing to pass for their benefit to go to their drug problem? No, I mean, you could, you you obviously, you might want them to be a beneficiary, but you'll have somebody else in charge of those assets, the trustee, to take care of things. And it could be that you have certain incentives on that, too. Oh, you have to go to some drug rehabilitation program for X period of time, and they have to do X and Y before you do it, and you have to be clean. And, you, you know, you could put all sorts of different things in the trust that you want to do to make sure that the person is protected the way under the terms and conditions that you want. Right. Uh, of course, it gets to the question of who the trustee is, too. And uh, usually, it w- obviously, it wouldn't be that drug-addicted person uh, because the uh, it would be more, and it depends on how much money, too. If there's a lot of funds, sometimes people have uh, financial institutions or trust companies as the trustee. If uh, sometimes it's lesser amounts and they just have a family member, but again, too, well, there'll be a dispute between the family members. So we had one yesterday, where the um, the two siblings didn't get along, and so one originally the the, the parent said, "I want uh, one child to be in charge of the other child's trust." Well, they don't get along. What do you think is going to happen in the future? All it's gonna do is create turmoil for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And we really don't want that. So we said, you know what, maybe there's enough assets here, let's have a bank be in charge of the funds because this is not a good formula. Uh, sometimes a sometimes a client insists on doing it that way anyway, and, and then when you say, Oh shoot, this is going this is just a recipe for disaster right. and uh, they don't they feel like, oh, banks have high fees, but Uh, You know, by the way, there are independent trustees as well, so there is even a group of independent trustees when there's disputes. Of course, they may not have, with all due respect to the independent trustees out there, uh, they may not have perhaps as much expertise as banks are in in as far as uh, investing and taking care of things the way things are supposed to be, uh, violent returns, not just being a holder of funds. Uh, so in any event, there are options out there. Uh, sometimes we have people who really don't have anybody that they trust. And, you know, especially if they don't have children or whatever, or maybe all the different people or there's problems They're either disabled or whatever. Um, you know, we had, um, right now we have a will uh, where somebody was supposed to be the trustee, but they just really are probably not, uh, they can, they can serve as trustee, but they have, uh, Oh, uh, a drug conviction. And you, do you want that person to be the trustee under Texas law? Mm. They can still serve as trustee. They just couldn't serve as an executor. Um, you probably don't. The bottom line is if you have somebody who has some sort of addiction, you probably do not want it to go to them outright. Um, so that's something to be considered, concerned okay. about. Another one thing that you should be concerned about, or sometimes people are concerned about, is let's say that you think that the beneficiary let's say your child is influenced by their spouse if you think that they're influenced by their spouse and so things won't go the way you want then sometimes people have it in trust so that it goes according to what you want as opposed to the son-in-law or daughter-in-law wants.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: so that's up to the individual another thing is is let's say that the beneficiary has creditor issues um, or if, whether it be now or the future, of course we don't know what the future might hold on any on any of these things. We don't know even you know if you're concerned, it's possible that somebody's not going to be a, have an addiction now. They could have an addiction in the future. Similarly, it's we don't know if somebody, even though they don't have creditors now, they could have creditors in the future. They could it could be an icy day in Dallas and they could run into a school bus full of children, mm-hmm. and they were they didn't intend for things to happen. It's just that. Uh, Uh, things happen and they were inadequately insured. So if you're concerned about the creditors of your beneficiary, then instead of it going to them outright, it could go to them in a trust within your will or a trust within your trust. And because the trust within your will or the trust within your trust is irrevocable, then that gives that creditor protection. Uh, So um, generally, unless you screw it up on the language in in which, uh, let's say, that you can get to your money anytime you want without any kind of standards, uh, then I suppose that if you had an irrevocable trust, creditors might be able to get to it. So you have to have some uh, language in there for protection. But uh, generally, if you're concerned, so if somebody definitely already has creditors, uh, then you don't want it to just go to that person outright because then the money just goes to that person's creditors. Would you rather have that money spent Because the irrevocable trust is like a different person, it'll have its own tax ID number, Mm -hmm. and so, so therefore it would be protected. So that gets it. Now that's one of the negatives of having a trust within your will or trust, uh, a trust within your will or trust within your trust, because it may not be if it's not enough money or enough assets. um, Well, is it is that going to be worth it? Because you'll have to file tax returns for that trust. Uh, it may not be economically feasible if the assets are too small. Uh, so uh, so you have to look at the individual situation. That means, you know, extra accounting fees, et cetera, and, and is that worth it to you? It really will depend on what your factual situation may be.
1: You know, it's um, um, it's just complicated stuff, Michael, as most things are. You talk about trust. I was sitting here thinking trust or interest. I'm just going to call it subtrusts. Uh, when you have a subtrust, it just it's important to do that because you just simply never know what the future holds, what people are going to do, how they're going to act or react, whether they are the beneficiary or the trustee. And then you also don't know about the language that the former attorney had in the estate plan or what LegalZoom did. It's just so risky. And no matter who you are, Uh, and I mean anyone listening to this program right now, I strongly admonish you to attend Michael's next Estate Planning Essentials Workshop to ask a question or two about your individual circumstances so that you can feel better about what you've done or what they've done or what you have planned. And Michael will tell you I don't know, which is very rare. He knows because he's on top of this stuff so much 24-7. But you get to go to this free State Planning Essentials Workshop online via Zoom. You never have to leave the comforts of your own home, uh, not just to listen to this program, but also to attend the um, virtual workshop. And that next one is Tuesday, March the 1st at 1 o'clock. And again, it's online. It's not in person. So you never you can attend and never have to leave your couch, your office, your desk at your house. And you can just listen and participate Um, You don't have to be seen, you can just listen, and Michael can still go around the Zoom room and ask questions. And um, Michael, tell us more about these workshops that you've been doing for years now.
2: Yeah, we ask people what they want to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we will, in in the free estate planning essentials workshop, it's only about estate planning or Medicaid or veterans' benefits. Uh, We ask people what they want to know. There will be a presentation. Uh, We kind of go through some of these basics. A lot of the things that we're talking about here today, we would probably go about, we would talk about as well as lots of other things, whether it's a will or a trust, or maybe about Medicaid, or like I said, a lot of times that's long-term care generally is what a lot of times people ask questions about. But there's all sorts of different things and everybody's questions are different. and We never know uh, what people are gonna ask about. This last workshop we had, it was all about estate planning. The workshop before, it was all about Medicaid. Uh, it seemed like the majority of the questions. So you never know uh, what people are going to ask. I would. We'll have a presentation that kind of gives some explanation on the basics, and uh, we will also ask people uh, to ask questions throughout, uh, either before or during the presentation, and certainly afterwards. And we proceed to answer whatever those questions are to make sure your time is well worth spent. Your well spent. Um, If you do go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, no obligation, it's two hours, uh, then you also will get a free what we call vision meeting where we go over your individual situation. If you didn't want to go into too much depth at the workshop, we'll go through it uh, individually, whether it be in person or by Zoom, uh, and kind of go over your situation to the extent that you desire as to whether your protections are in place. It could be on some things like this, or it could be on other types of uh, issues. You just never I just never know what questions that people are going to ask. To go to the free estate planning essentials workshop on March the 1st at 1 o'clock, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And you'll see that your time is well spent because you'll get three free hours of legal education, no obligation, to answer all your questions. And so it could be, and like you said, it's you could do it even, the Zoom is from your comforts of your own home, so you should feel very comfortable, and it's just nothing uh, if we... Don't do anything that's okay. Uh, We'll go on, be friends, whatever. I I wish the best, but this is all about y'all to try to
1: see if we can answer your questions. You know what's nice about this, too, as you were talking, you and I don't talk about this very much uh, during the program, maybe once a year, maybe not. I don't remember us ever addressing the fees because if I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, this is an attorney a very seasoned and uh, intelligent, exceptional attorney. And I'm just going to get charged by the hour, which I hate. And I don't know how many hours this guy is going to charge me. I don't know this guy, even though he's been on KWAM for five or ten years now. He's very close to Don Crawford Jr. as a friend, as an attorney, as a station partner. But I'm going to sit here, and he's going to show up with a $20,000 bill to do my estate plan, Michael. And if memory serves, and we haven't discussed this at all, that's not what you do.
2: No, in fact, uh, uh, not at all. In fact, we don't usually on any kind of estate planning, it's usually on a flat fee basis. And so uh, we would say, okay, if you want to do these different things, it would be at whatever price. But really, it may not even get to that. A lot of times, some of these people uh, ask questions to just ask questions. There's really no uh, planning options that they were wanting to discuss. They just wanted to have knowledge about some particular Situation for them that uh, may or may not be, you know, applicable for some sort of flat fee type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just we just kind of just kind of go over whatever the questions may be, and we try to see what the problems are, and say, well, potential solutions are A, B, or C, or whatever, and you can do things this way, this way, this way, or this way. Uh, as opposed to perhaps the way you have it. Or if I think it's the best the way you have it, I'll tell you, well, that seems pretty good given your situation. But, you know, we just kind of go over what the story might be and what their options may be. And uh, if you want to have additional insurance in effect, then there are these options, kind of like what we're talking about here today. Sometimes people want to, you know, they have the will, let's say, it says, all to my children. And they say, that's fine. But maybe the children need some protection because of various mm-hmm. things, you know. And, and 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 you don't have to have that, but we'll let you know about that. It could be that they have a business situation. It could be any number of things. Right. You, you just don't know. And then everybody's uh, situation is different. So uh, every workshop is different.
1: So. Uh, the nice thing about it, to it too be, is that you don't you don't judge you don't judge anybody either with their decisions. It's not that you don't care in a flippant way. You just don't care because it's not up to you. You don't have all the facts. You don't have the history and the experiences that those people have. So, they'll tell you what they need and want, and then you can plan accordingly and and charge accordingly, but it's not by the hour for the most part, 99% of the time, and I think that's what people need to understand. Um, Michael, about four minutes left or so. uh, Let me just remind everybody that workshop, again, Tuesday, March the 1st at 1 o'clock. Sign up for that going dialing on two one four seven two zero zero one zero two. We're going to dallas elder com. Michael subtrusts trust. it makes me nervous because um, what is great today could turn out to be terrible tomorrow, whether it's a decision or about a person or a decision about a plan. and I worry about that. I, I don't know what you can do really, but it seems like when you choose the wrong person and then down the road, they go rogue, uh, they defect, they misled you, and then they can make all these subjective self-serving decisions, and then you're stuck. You're stuck either because you're disabled or you're stuck, well, because you passed away. And I guess there's no way around that, is there?
2: No, there is. <laughs> oh, okay, good. As <laughs> a fact, there is. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Uh, no, but you're right. And by the way, that's one of the other options. You know, you just mentioned disability. Uh, if somebody, your beneficiary is disabled, you could have a disability-type trust. So um, so I'm glad you mentioned that because that is another concern, because even hmm. if somebody is not disabled now, they may be disabled in the future. But you can have an answer to your question, what's called a trust protector or trust advisor, either how to, uh, to advise somebody, the trustee, on certain things, or if you want to protect the beneficiaries, you could have in either your will or trust a trust protector that can remove a trustee who's non-rogue. Wow. So, uh, so there you go. You asked the question. You thought it mm-hmm. couldn't be done, and this is kind of a typical example of a situation where you say, well, I'm concerned about somebody going rogue. Uh, is there something I could do? And the answer is yes. Do you want to have the insurance? And In fact, I got an email this morning. I was emailing somebody uh, Uh, who wanted to talk about different things, and they had asked that exact same question. They said, do you want to have a trust protector Hmm. to be able to remove the trustee? Or sometimes the trusted protector, even if the laws have changed after you have lost capacity or died, can make administrative changes to your trust, whether you
1: should become disabled or even after death. Fascinating. I'm glad I asked. Um, I'm glad. I I think if you looked up the word or phrase trust protector, I'm not sure you're going to find that on LegalZoom. You're going to find that on the Internet, necessarily. Michael Cohen sure knew it, and you should have that in place um, for your estate plan to be safe and to be sure. Ask about that. The way to do so is to attend his next estate planning essentials workshop, which, again, is Tuesday, March the first at one o'clock. To do so, dial two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, or go to Dallas Elder, E L D E R lawyer dot com, Dallas dot com, or, and you can listen to the podcast by going to Michael's website, Dallas Elder Lawyer and um, you can share it with other people and get current on what's happening with estate planning nationwide, statewide, and in your own community. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you, Don. The record shows.
1: I took the blows and did it my way.
0: A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is dallaselderlawyer.com. That's dallaselderlawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.